Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Uh, I mean, he made a living off of making fun of that one year. <laughs> That's all he did. I got a lot of goals, but I didn't get any goals. Just stand in front of the net. We'll hit him off you. That was it. That's what they told me. Chris and uh, Ryan both like, just go stand in front of the net. No other instructions. Just go stand Stick in front of the net. Stick on the ice. <laughs> yeah. I have no skill. I have no business playing hockey, period. But uh, Actually, they, this year is 25 fun. years for refereeing for me. Holy jeez, no way. Oh, right on, buddy. Yeah. So you started refereeing the exact same year we started doing this pool. Well, no, actually, I started refereeing when I was 12. Oh, okay. So are you ready for this? Because you're, you're hosting, you're doing everything. This is all on you. I have an <laughs> entire sheet ready to go. I like how, and so it's funny too, because Mike told me, he admitted to me, I think it was last week, <laughs> that he does everything on paper as well. Like he just writes everything. Even though I've given him all the links to all the Google stuff and he he sees it all and it's everything and ready to go. He just didn't want to do it. I was right, just Mike? doing a little bit of homework. But, I, but I, I became a big boy this week though. Yes, you did. Nice and blue too. Oh, awesome. yes, guy. <laughs> Looks beautiful. He, he put in his own notes in our shared document, and I asked him to, if you can, make it a different color so we can, you know, have a separation. I wasn't holding my breath, but he got it all on his bingo, own. Did bingo. he put mine in there too, Marty? No, he didn't put anything of yours in there. Oh, all right. No, no he's, that, that's too much. We got Craig, one step. Come on, man. It was a, it was enough work getting my own shit in there. For God's sakes, we've all got our elephants. That was mm-hmm. his. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll just do a quick rundown, just so you're aware, Tom. But I, I think I think you you know how this stuff goes, right? We right off the bat, we do check my fanny. Have you been listening, by the way? It's yeah, no pressure. It's okay week, if you don't. Every Wednesday uh, around uh, ten ten thirty. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. cool. What do you listen that's on? I'm you know, I'm asking. Is it Spotify or? Um, uh, I click on your link from the original email, actually. So it's Spotify. Oh, okay, perfect. That's awesome. Okay. Sorry, because yes. I, I realized that I had actually formally introduced uh, our our third or our second sorry our second guest our third co-host for today. Um, Tom is one of the owners from our league, who also happened to tell us today that uh, as long as we've been in the league, he's been a, a ref in a in in his own league, one sort of league. Which league is that for twenty five? Minor years? hockey, Canadian minor hockey. Minor hockey. There, you go. that's impressive. That is very impressive. Good stuff, buddy. Mm-hmm. So let's head back then to the to the to the week that's going on. So, like I said, it's like a, it was a, it was a weird week where things kind of flip flopped a little bit uh, on the back end, which again, like I said, matters most because now most of us are going to are going to lose. Where I was winning, I'm probably going to lose. Oh, although actually, I just got a point, so now I'm only it's f- getting tight, I'm buddy. Four behind, yeah. Four four point lead for me. And actually, I was trying to reach uh, a couple of couple of, of the owners i'm not going to say who I, was, I reached out a couple of owners because i i desperately need to do a trade i think i need to do something on d uh in order to keep up because that's where obviously that's where i'm definitely lagging tom wants me to call him okay <laughs> i was looking at tom at one point i was looking at your team but it's just like <laughs> do you really want to help the guy who's in the lead that's the only problem that's one of the problems of being in first is it people are more reluctant to do a trade with you or at least they're gonna be a little bit more hard about it well, especially with so many teams, all kind of, uh, I mean, aside from uh, Jason and uh, and Scott, I mean, you got a couple of rebuilding teams there. Other than that, you got a lot of guys that are fighting to see what happens here. So it's difficult to make a trade between those groups, right? So everybody seems to be kind of turning over to either Scott's team or, or Jason's to see if maybe there isn't something that can get done there. But whenever you got six out of the eight teams that are pretty much in in contention, 
going to be pretty tough. To I did that early with Jason and got yeah, and that was a smart move to jump on that move early on. Um, cause right now I'm kicking myself and having not tried to, uh, to go in that direction. Cause now I don't think there's much left. Like I did try to get, um, I'm not going to lie. I'm just full disclosure. I tried to get Fox from Scott and that's just not going to happen. Right? Like, I mean, he's rebuilding and that's a core piece that I knew that going into the trade. Yeah. It's going to cost me, but I don't think that's the kind of thing that I don't think I'm ready to do. I'm not really quite there to sell the farm yet, but I think, I need to do something. Um, there's a lot to be said for having good defensemen on your team. Devin Tays has proven to be pretty good for me. I, I'm very happy with him, but he was injured at first, so it's something new. And then Carlson's actually had a pretty good year, but outside of that, I've got Bupkis for D, so I need some help there. Seeing I got Eklat, but I also gave up Full. Robertson. If you look at Robertson, Robertson's on Dallas fire. as a whole. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's tearing it up right now. Not many bad players to pick from Dallas right now. Like they're just playing really, really good hockey. So, but yeah, I, I, Robertson was a man. That's a hard one to let go. Full mm. disclosure over here too. I also tried to get Fox off of Scott, and yeah, <laughs> uh, that's not happening. No, it's <laughs> maybe I should call him. No, no, well, yeah, it, give him a shout, man. Maybe, maybe you'll have some luck. I swear to God, if he ends up trading to you, not to us, I'll be very upset about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the thing is, as will I, but. If you're willing to pay that price, like, and it's a hefty price, like I'm, like I know, Tom, you're probably joking around, but if you do decide to check in, trust me, it'll cost you. Um, for me, Tom, in terms of Fox, just came right off the board, and I had to move on to a different player, and now I'm just kind of rethinking the whole strategy. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, that's all right, Marty. You'll figure it out. Oh, thanks, Bud. I appreciate that. I'm sure it's sincere too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, of course, of course. Yeah, I'm sure you don't secretly hope that I just com- continue down this path and continue to fail. Secretly, yes. Oh, geez, aren't you sweet? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, does anybody have anything else to add about our uh, about our league? Well, just just before we kind of move on to the next uh, segment, I just want to run down the scores real quick, just so everybody kind of gets a little bit of uh, airtime. So, of course, yourself and I, Marty, uh, I'm looking at 45, you're at 41. You've got me in man games tonight, so that's going to be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan's sitting there with a 39-31 to 31 lead against uh, Scott and the Royals. Tom, you're uh, sitting real pretty here with a 17-point lead against the Bucks. I don't know. Which is I a got huge faith. game. I got faith. <laughs> well, well, you never know. But, I mean, it's a huge swing for him as uh, it would give him another uh, another game up on Ron in his own division. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're all, we, we're all looking at uh, another close game between uh, Jason and the Pondhogs, who have a 39-36 lead against Joel and the Apocalypse. Yeah, but so the, there you go. The, the, Everybody got a little little the, ditty today. The trick there, Jack and Diane. The little uh, the problem there with uh, Apocalypse <laughs> and Pondhogs is that the uh, my goodness, Joel's got a couple of games on him. Eh? So Joel the Pondhogs have one, started. yeah, just a few, two, just a few. It's Joel's got both goalies playing. No. Uh, oh, someone someone's not dressed. Elliot, Elliot not started dressed. tonight in Tampa Bay. Okay. All right, so still one for one in goals, but then it's just Sadine and Meyer for uh, Pondhogs, whereas Joel's got Arvitz and Kopitar, Lindholm, McDavid, Pacioretty, Wheeler. I mean, really, all he needs is McDavid. Come on, shutouts. Uh, and he'll get three points. Uh, shutouts for Campbell? Yeah? Anybody for uh, against Joel's team. Yeah. Well, I don't see. That's the problem. I don't know who to cheer for anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's but honestly it's it's been one of the better seasons for exactly that reason because we're so neck and neck it's been very interesting so i like it it did well for everybody's draft uh, everybody drafted really well this year. Yeah, big time man yeah yeah actually yeah, i'm very happy who let go of ovechkin ryan did because i traded him last year ryan to give, make room for my young guys this year 
Okay, and I that said, and you only had him for one year after I traded him to you, I think, eh? Uh, or did you have him for two? I had him for a couple. I, think I, I got him from Mike yeah. actually. You got him from Mike, so I I traded to Mike first. Holy jeez, I because I just it's no like wait a minute. no I think I'm pretty sure I traded Ovechkin to you, Marty, and then you traded him off uh, to okay. Tom. That's what I thought. Okay, sorry, something like that. Anyways, Ovechkin's gone around, which is weird to say because he's obviously he's still got a lot left in the. Uh, the old tank there. It's a young man's league, though. And then some. It is a young man's league. Did you listen to our podcast last week? Yeah. Because that's exactly what I our said. Our protected it's... list are a lot of young guys. Yeah, exactly. I that's yeah, that's why I feel like I may have made some poor choices this year. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of guys who like like I said before in a different episode that could either have a great year, a traditional great year for them, or literally go on the IR for the rest of the year, and that's the end of their career. They're, they're either going to play really well or they're going to retire. That, that's my team this year. <laughs> but you know what, though, Marty? Like, honestly, you're just kind of taking advantage of it, but just in a different way. The whole league has gone young, so there's going to be more of these guys at 28, 29, 30, 31 years old exactly. who, let's face it, yes, they're, they're old compared to the, the league average standards, but at the same time, I mean, teams like, you know, that are at the top of the league that are, look, you know, looking for just that little, that little extra push I mean, yep. look at Ovechkin this year. I mean, exactly. Nobody thought he was gonna, they were, he was going to do what he's doing. And I mean, point yeah. of game guy. I mean, oh my ripping gosh. it up goals wise. So think, back so. though, those older guys are just hitting their prime now because the younger it's a younger man's league now. But back then, they're just hitting their prime at 27, 28. That's 29. a good point, yeah. and that's exactly why players like Tavares and Stone and even Kane were very attractive to me because they're very like. I mean, Kane continues just every year to be in the. They're top not five. done. They're not done. Exactly. You've, you've still got at least three to five years, ser- really seriously serviceable good years from these players. So why not just hold on to them for a little bit longer? And they're all top minutes on their teams. Yeah. And that's what I tend, that's what I tend to look at. Not to you know, let the cat out of the bag or anything, but you know, top, obviously, that's the kind of thing you want to do. You want top power play minutes. You want top even strength, like one of the six kind of thing. If you've got that, then at least you've got a chance. At the very least, I mean... You know, it's same thing with a defenseman. You're looking for obviously the top pairing, or if you get a guy that's in the second pairing, you're looking for somebody who's maybe working a second power play, or potentially stealing some minutes, or even sliding in on that first power play unit. So, I yeah. mean, it's definitely not. Uh, it's definitely something that we're all taking a look at now these days. I mean, you can't get anything out of them if they're not on the ice. So, so yesterday I, I managed to have a conversation with a couple of guys who know a lot of their a lot about hockey and stuff like that. We were talking about goalies in specific and how goalies nowadays it's not so much that they're athletic it's that they're just they're sort of being trained to just be in the position and that's it that's their game is that they're in position so I find it's hard to pick or to find a young goalie who you think is really going to prove something and be that next big one that being said I think going after Dallas's uh, Odinger I think that was I think he is an athletic goalie a little bit different breed from the rest from what I'm seeing Tom looks like he might disagree with me I hope so no absolutely I was trying to draft him back (laughs) in the draft Ah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> ah, it's too bad. I was really hoping you disagree with me. Mackenzie Blackwood. Did you hear my comment about Mackenzie Blackwood? Yeah, we'll save that for later. Let's. Ah, oh, good. Okay, yeah, let's good. not go yeah, there. Right now. Not going there let's not go there. <laughs> good. Uh, <laughs> the funny part, but no, it, that was the week you had your brother on, and he said, mm-hmm. "Palms or ears are burning." I was literally yes. playing hockey that night on the bench. I said to my wife, "My ears are on fire," and Ooh. that would have been the time you guys were talking about this. On the well, that is wow. Look at the, 
See, there you may you go, think Biden. See, you may think you're a fan of your hockey team out there, folks, but nothing like that. I think Tom's got everyone beat right there. Where you can talk about one of his players, one of his greatest all-time players, and his ears will be bothered by that. <laughs> <laughs> Good for oh you, Tom. yeah i'm happy to see the love that's good anytime someone can show that kind of love and enthusiasm for anything is a positive yeah good contribution <laughs> uh, <laughs> so COVID's starting to show its head um it's it's you know first it was ottawa then now it's the islanders there's been a couple other players here and there it's, it's starting to pick up i find um, did want to have to talk about it. It was a conversation I had actually on Twitter with somebody else. Um, and it was, and, and we're at one point he was saying like, you know, are we turning the corner on this? Like, is it getting to a point now where we're actually gonna have to start considering maybe cutting, uh, uh, turning corner in a negative sense. It, we're gonna have to reducing the size of the, who we're letting into the stands or, or we have to sort of consider how the players interact, maybe change things. How do you guys feel like the rules have been going? Do you think it's been helpful? Do you think the the change in the series for COVID right now is because of the new variant or other things? Or actually, the NHL was talking about a taxi squad again uh, this week to bring in like that extra goalie, that extra D or two, and a couple same as what we're doing because they find their AHL teams are getting hit with COVID so as well. I, I personally, I think it's a good idea. I mean, anything to kind of help the league run that much smoother. I mean. Between the three of us, we know already know that the Olympics are that's weighing in the balance a little bit right now. So that's definitely nowhere near a sure thing. And I don't know about you guys. I mean, I, I think I speak for the three of us to be honest. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to some Olympic hockey for sure, best on best. And I'm just hoping that you know this kind of settles down a little bit. But like you're mentioning, Marty, it's popping its head up a little bit here and there. Ottawa really got hit hard, like you're mentioning, San Jose earlier on in the year. And it's just something that, you know, you kind of want to nip it in the bud right now and try and get it taken care of. But, you know, how do you go about that? I, 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 do, I honestly do think that it's inevitable. The NHL is going <clears> to <throat> at least shut down to the fans. That is the way I see it. Um, and it's... It's not. It's not that I want it to happen, obviously, but I do think the sooner you can do it, so you can stay ahead of it, the better. And I'm not advocating that they should shut down tomorrow, but I think sitting around and waiting for it to be done to you is wishful thinking. I like, or not wishful thinking, but it's you're kidding yourself. Like, eventually, this is just. It is what's going to happen. Like the numbers, even in Canada, continue to increase. In Ontario, now they're well over a thousand a day, and that we haven't been there in over six months. So, I mean, the writing's on the wall with the new variants and stuff. So, it, it's it's not, again, it's not that I'm advocating for it, but I do think that we're kidding ourselves if, if we don't at least have it in the back of our mind that it's, it's it's a strong potential. I actually believe we should. I, I, I love the Olympics, Olympic hockey. I would like them to see them skip it this year. Sorry. Um, first of all, it's a time change over overseas. And that's rough on our play. That's rough yeah. on the players. And second of all, until the COVID is, just wait four more years. I'm sorry. Yes, I know everybody wants to see them, but by then everything will be done with. And I think it'd be better mm-hmm. for the players, for because they're not they can't take their families. I'm sure they're not going to allow any of this stuff, no, right? Well, so yeah, it, it's going to be a team yeah, thing, and that'll be it, it. And then you're back. So honestly, I have no issue if they decide to say no, we're not going. That's fine with me. And the biggest part of that too, if I'm not mistaken, if you end up getting COVID over there, there's going to be a time, a certain time period that you're going to have to stay over there. 
and I believe it was fairly lengthy. Like I know it was the 14 days for sure. Not sure if it was any more than that. I thought I heard something maybe a little bit more than that. So now you're getting a player that's going to be stuck over there while all these other players come back after the tournament's over, even if it is only a couple of days. But let's face it, I mean, every point counts, right, for the clubs themselves in the NHL. So that's another thing that I'm sure that mm-hmm. a lot of people are keeping an eye yes, on. Yes, one of the Islanders actually just had to stay in Florida for 10 days in a hotel until he tested negative. Then he can join his wife and family. They missed Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving before he was even able to come back to the New York Islanders organization. He was stuck in Florida in a hotel. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I didn't even know. See, it's it's creeping up on everybody. It's creeping up on the league. And maybe I'm even using the wrong term to suggest that it's creeping up. Maybe it's already there and they're just... A little bit of denial about it, maybe, but um, <clears throat> it, it just sucks that we're at a point where we're forced to have to talk about it. Like, again, this was a tweet that I had with a guy, Christian Moda Payette. He's actually a sports writer over at Barry Uncovered, um, and he made some really good points about it. And I, But I just came in and said, the fact that we were forced to talk about it right now tells me that we're at that point where we need to start considering what it's doing to the league. Because it's been a fun season so far. Am I wrong? Like, I feel like this season's been a lot of fun. It's been a great year. I mean, just for me, just the fact that I know or you have the hope that they're going to play an 82-game schedule, just the fact that we're going to get that full schedule, or again, they're really trying to make that happen. It's just yeah. that in itself yeah. is is exciting. I mean, you're not getting any kind of a shortened season or, uh, you know, some sort of a, a different playoff, 2014 playoff and this kind of thing. It's kind of a little... Well, as normal as a hockey season could sort of sort of be along with dealing with COVID. I know it's affected my team. I know I've had eight guys out of my 23 man roster already have COVID this year. It, it definitely, it's almost like you're, it's almost like you're playing a daily fantasy in regards to bringing people in and out, especially off of that uh, taxi squad list. I emailed, I texted Joel. I was in the bush the other day and I had no reception. I texted him what I could. I said, can you make the switch? If not, well, then I'll live with it. But I know I lost the one week because I had COVID with three of my guys popped up on Monday night at eight o'clock after our deadline. It's been tough, man. It's been, t- it's been tough for our rosters for sure. And it's a hard thing to manage in terms of a league, um, trying to do yeah. what's right, trying to make sure that everyone has a, a fair shake and, and it's even for everybody, but also at the same time, not getting too caught up in the frustrations of the last minute things like, like what Tom was just saying, like the very last minute, you know, Monday night kind of thing, there's an announcement that someone's got COVID it for us, for our league. Like that's, that's, generally speaking that's too late but where as a league where do you make exceptions how do you be flexible so that it's because if you if you just allow these constant last minute things that the nhl will say well these players are all on the COVID, it really ruins a week and it i don't know it, it's a sour taste and well you know what i mean to, to, to try and figure out in regards to the COVID itself i mean i think we're all just happy to be able to kind of get a season in yeah. it it does make it a little bit difficult and you know a perfect example is tom's team whenever it does affect that outcome at the end of the week it it, it you know it is it does sting it it's not fun that way but i mean it certainly is it certainly is a case where it kind of puts everything into perspective a little bit right like i mean Loving, loving the fantasy hockey, loving all that stuff. But I mean, in regards to real life stuff, it's been tough. It's been tough for a lot of people. It's just, uh, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely something that we'll we'll be we'll be talking about for a number of years for sure. And I'm sure we're all looking forward to uh, a time when we don't have to have taxi squads and we can kind of get back to a little bit of normalcy that way in regards to our uh, fantasy pools. But 
you know what? It just adds a kind of another little wrinkle, I guess. If, if you want to look at it in a positive way, it's just kind of adding another little wrinkle to our league. Well, there was one thing that bothered me that I saw a couple nights ago, too, was that, um, you know, Pierre Dorian coming out and saying that his team, he's he's annoyed with his senators because they're they're underperforming, which is basically my I'm annoyed with him. I can't stand him at this point. Now, I really I don't understand what is the, the purpose of the timing of that statement. Why would you go public if you want to have that kind of discussion with your teammates? It's fine. Or sorry, with your players. I think you do that. You make that kind of statement behind closed doors to come out and say they've underperformed. Dude, they came out of that break from their COVID that just smashed their entire team to lose to a great team, Colorado Avalanche, but only 7-5. They scored five frigging goals coming out of that. And to have COVID, which is a lung issue, and then go to that altitude and play, I'm sorry, but that had to be hard on them just alone. 100%. Why isn't he, after that first game, if he wants to make some sort of statement, after that game, you come out and say, I am very proud of my guys for coming out and showing that they can push through adversity and that kind of adversity no one's trained for that kind of adversity you don't go through the ranks like, this is how you deal with covid like that doesn't happen so for me i, I don't know i i'm at a loss with there's a right canuck now. that's still having issues from last year he's on their ir from last year's covid that he still can't get full physical uh, like he's, he's not back to full strength and everything else oh uh, i mean yeah. i got to admit yeah. i mean we had that's quite a discussion thing. i believe it was last week wasn't it marty in regards to the sends and you know, should they kind of stay the course and all this kind of stuff? And I think we got yeah. into Dorian a little bit uh, at that point. And if I'm not mistaken, I had mentioned uh, something in regards to him when he mentioned that uh, the rebuild was over at the start of the year. And I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I stick to that point like it's <laughs> nobody's business. It was absolutely and utterly the wrong thing to say. He put so much pressure on that squad as soon as he said those words. And I mean, look, what, two days ago or was it yesterday he came out and he's like, yeah, I kind of messed up when I said that. I, I, I'm not, I am not a Senators fan, so I can't speak for an actual Sens fan. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I got to start thinking. It, it, I mean, his reasoning for even saying that was, you know, with the excitement of the new season. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I don't see Lou Lamarillo going out there and making any any kind of these mistakes. Like, <laughs> I get that you're excited. You got to keep that in house. And I mean, I think you even mentioned it the, uh, last week, Marty. That's something that he can go off and he can tell every last player in that dressing room exactly that statement. But as soon as that goes public... And the reporters get their hands on that, and yeah. the fan base gets their hands on that. Well, it's only going to make what is going on right now worse. And for me personally, yeah. the other thing that makes it even doubly worse is that these players have, like you guys have said, have gone through this whole COVID. Like, I'm sorry, going through it for, for the amount of time that these guys went through it, yeah, you're going to see that kind of a record. And that's exactly why my statement last week was stay the course. You don't need to blow anything up. If anything, yeah. you start moving management out. Because I'm sorry, to me, to me, that was a massive, massive mistake on his part. And I guess the way I'm looking at it is I might want to move on from him because if he's going to make a mistake like that, like what other kinds of things is he going to trip up on? You know what I mean? I personally believe Ottawa needs another top six forward anyways. Yep. Just because they, they're on one line. Team. Yeah, you're not wrong. That you're not wrong at all. Uh, this team still has a ways to go in terms of oh, absolutely, like sort of filling out 
the roles and there's always a place and you need that place you need another so i don't know if this is what you mean but i was thinking even someone <laughs> someone that i like to go after someone in their 30 <laughs> their early 30s uh, like someone who's got a little bit of experience and great and someone can help these kids sort of cinch it together but still has um, an offensive and a, and a, a, a good good uh, contribution to the team t- towards winning you almost want that vi- like, like a veteran exactly. support system, you know what I mean? Like bringing one or two players there that know what the league is all about, and you know whenever but can t- still scores. Oh yeah, yeah. One of them, but there's one of them yeah. has to be a top six forward. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They, there's no one line NHL teams anymore. Prefer- Sorry. Preferably a center no. too. Preferably a center as well. If you, if you if you can go out there and find a, a decent centerman, a top six de- a center that's going to play for the Senators, Connor Bedard. I think you'd be the new GM. Connor Bedard? Okay. Well, maybe you should make the phone call, Tom. <laughs> I mean, I, I, they're, my Habs and those Senators are going to be in the running for, you know, Shane Wright and Connor Bedard over the next couple of years here. So it'll be interesting to see. Do if- you think that's the, but is that the point with the Senators? Is that like, is that legitimately what Dorian is trying to do here with all this? Oh, no, the pressure I, is to help them tank. Oh, no, I, I don't think that was, that was definitely not the plan whatsoever. But I mean, at this point. He's just an idiot. I mean. I'll take my Habs, for example. I love the fact that Gorton went in there and then said Dominic Ducharme is going nowhere. I love that. I love it. Why are you, yeah. you going to bring somebody in new when this thing is going to hell in a handbasket? Let this guy yeah, ride no. it out until April and then reassess from yeah. there. Bring in your own people after that. So. And it didn't it. help Ottawa that they had the second or third best uh, second season half last yeah, year. Yeah, no, everyone, that didn't help. Right. They played, that four check hockey they played was phenomenal. It was great watching the Senators mm. in the second half. You're right. Last year. And I honestly, and when Mike and I talked about it uh, last episode, like I, I honestly do really like this team. This is one of the first times in a long time that I've actually been excited that I live close to Ottawa because I do believe that this team has got enough pieces to get excited to think about the future. I got in a bit of an argument with somebody on Twitter about, um, you know, being against the fact that I was against Dorio making the comment when he made it, uh, saying like, no, you know, he needs to call out the players. He needs to make sure they're aware. What do you think the players are sitting there going, hey, we're playing great? I d- honestly, I don't like because the expectations for this year were for them to not be very good. So I, I don't know why Dorio would want to do this. Let them enjoy the season and try th- some things out and just actually have some fun with this. That's going to bring this team together because you've got some long contracts there. So they're going to start to feel like a family. They've gone through some struggles together. They've had some fun together. Wait until next year. This is never. What do you what? They were going to make the playoffs this year. Really? Is that the thing? Is that well? Then what is the issue? Then why, like, why do you got to try and put on some undue pressure on these on these kids? Let the kids have fun. Let them enjoy themselves. And then next year, like, expect to start to see things going in the right direction next year, and not just necessarily going direction. But to me, if they're not really close to the playoffs next year, then I would say that's a disappointment. Not this year. There were never going to be anything this year. All you were trying to do is just have meaningful games beginning of March, mid March, end of March type of deal. That's what that's what you were looking for in regards to your playoffs, really. And like you're saying, Marty, I mean, next next year at this time, if you would you would have to hope that they're fighting for a playoff spot at the very least. I'm not sitting yes. there saying like you know fifth yes. or sixth spot, but if I'm sitting there at eight nine, no, uh, no. you know maybe even seven, seventh yep. uh, in in the conference, that's kind of what you're looking for from them this year. I mean, again, yep. if you were if you were having those meaningful games in the month of March, that's kind of what you're looking for from that group. Mm-hmm. That's that that next step that you're looking for from them. I mean, to to me, yeah. it's just a matter of now the club maturing. 
and like like we're saying, just yeah. adding in a little bit of veteran seasoning, just so when you start to get that roller coaster a little bit, these guys know how to ride it out a little, kind of settle the uh, the young kids down a bit, and just move on from game to game. Speaking of moving on, the freaking Canucks have got to do something. I'm sorry, but you spent like almost an entire week saying, okay, you know, we're, we're oh well, we're gonna we're gonna meet with this guy, we're gonna meet with the coach, and we're gonna meet the GM, we're gonna do something, and then nothing. You just to, just so you can stand pat. How is Benning not fired? How is Green still coaching this team? Like I, I don't understand. They they made all this. What was it all just so that people can start to feel pity for the Canucks? And now that's it. That's their. This is the pity season. This is what they're doing right now. It doesn't make any sense. I see nothing. They're even talking about making all these trades with these players, which I think is a huge mistake. But fine. At least you were planning on doing something. But you still did nothing. There's still nothing happening. And now, was it last night uh, that it happened to them? A jersey was thrown on the ice. Fans are done. Like this is where they push. It's time, this is man. where they push the fans to now. This is this is what's happened uh, to me. This is indecisions are leading to them losing fans or le- losing fans to a lesser to a maybe to an extreme degree. But these fans are, are done now. So this is what you've left now. Now the, the fan base is pissed off with it rather than just being like, OK, we need to do something. OK, now they're talking, but now they're doing anything like, come on, shit or get off the pot. I mean, listen, as soon as Montreal makes their move, if I'm a Canucks fan, I'm waiting for my shoe to drop at that point. Like, I, I want things <laughs> to start moving here. And. I, I very much understand why that jersey gets thrown on the ice, just as I understand the way it got thrown on yep. the ice with the Habs. Is it disrespectful to the team and the players? Absolutely. That's not even a question. But does the, that's the do point. These fan, do these fans have the right to do it? Ab- without question. 100%. With, without question. And I, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm not saying my Habs are any better, but they they make the move. They get things They get things going. At the very least in that market, you can at least appease that fan now in hey, listen, we, we're, we're making a move. We're not staying with what's not working. And as soon as Montreal made that move, to me, the clock started ticking on that Vancouver fan base right away. They yeah, are yeah. waiting for something to happen. They, they, and I think at this point, just saying the words, Benning is fired. Like it's just, they can <laughs> at least breathe. They can at least breathe and say to themselves, okay, now we're in in earnest. We're able to start this process. We're able to get things kind of turned around, get things going on a different uh, on a different track. I mean, it. They got to end it. They have to end it. That fan base is crying out for for, uh, for Benning to be fired. On a lighter side of Montreal, did you see the meme of the jersey and the hat on the ice, and then they show a picture of Patrick Waugh? I didn't throw it. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's really good that's i actually, hope they do not hire that guy i don't want him i don't want him no i, 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 I think briere is the right way to go well what really caught me and i won't i'm not going to drag this out i know we got other things we want to uh hit upon especially pk slew by the way uh, i had that in um, yeah later yeah you better so <laughs> but but i mean it it, it, it is a case where they have to move on from this. It, it, it's getting pretty bad out there. I mean, every home game for the Canucks, you're, you're getting fire bending chance. And like the fan base is definitely net letting that team know what they want. And you better start giving it to them pretty soon here. Or, I mean, it's already bad now. You, you're going to, it's yeah. going to turn toxic here in a second if they don't take care of things. Management needs to step up and take accountability for the season. And, you know, not to 
try and sow any hope in, in what is basically a lost season. But you know, things all things considered, I've seen stranger things. But if you were to start making some moves, specifically with the coach and the GM, you might see at that point there, like, and I've talked about this a lot too, teams that play with nothing to lose are usually some of the more dangerous teams and are the ones that can actually find a way to win because they're, all they've got is each other. And there's there's a lot to bank on with that. But a lot of guys like to impress a new coach, right? So your team could come a whole lot better when you have a new exactly. coach. Exactly. So I, I think at least you give yourself an opportunity to salvage something of a season, even if you end up just missing the playoffs. But if you do, if you do turn things around and, and get on some sort of positive streak that'll be good for your fan base and something to look forward to next year because this isn't a t- this isn't a bad team they've got some great pieces on this team they've made some good re-signings and there's a lot of talent there's just something missing this year that really you know didn't click right out of the gates and just c- and has continued to get worse and harder for them to to sort of overcome and i i, I do as much as i loved him when he was at the beginning but green is out has um outstayed his welcome i i think it's, it's it's long been overdue now. I think it was pretty clear in the. It's grown sour. It's grown sour big time, and it's too bad too because I actually don't mind the guy. I really yep. like whenever they brought him up at first. I really didn't. I thought it was a good move. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had worked his way through the uh, the system uh, in Utica, and uh, I I mean I thought it was a pretty good move. But at the particular moment in time right now, it's getting pretty sour pretty quick. And it doesn't mean that he's a bad coach at all. It just means. He has lost the, the, the team and he needs to find another comfort zone for himself. Just like teams, uh, other players, sometimes they need a, a change of scenery so they can refine their game as well. The coach is the same thing. But you know what? I can start a new rumor because I would love to see Boost Boudreau in Vancouver. Not a bad move. Not a bad move because it kind of brings that positivity yeah. in there. I can see where you're... Uh where you're linking those two up right now, Tom, even if he was the type of guy to only stick around for like a couple of years, two, three years, just to kind of get you through this somewhat toxic period right now. But get into a a style of play where you open things up and you let your, your, your good players really get creative and and become rejuvenated with their offense. I think that'd be a big, a big success in Vancouver. Bujo's style of play would be entertaining. And I know this sounds bad, but in Vancouver, they missed like, I'm sorry, but nobody was a big fan of elder, but you know what? Those old, yeah, Elder and the other guy—I can't remember who the other guy was in the back on the on the D end—held things together, and they don't do that right now. They're such a wide open team on the defensive end. Isn't it funny that he's mentioning that though, Marty? Because your brother was kind of saying the same thing. Whenever they got rid of all those contracts that went down to Arizona, and they ended up getting uh, Ekman Larson, and they got uh, Connor Garland. Yeah. I mean, Garland's a good pickup, obviously. That left a, a lot of veteran presence out of that lineup. I mean. They were just a nice buffer, and it, it, it was one of those things where you were ha- kind of happy to get rid of all the contracts, sure, but was there something missing in it, regards to the ingredients of that team because of that trade? That 4-5-D is a big, big thing. The fourth line D? No, like the like you got your 1-2 your one two pairing, your 3-4. Well, that 4-5 and five pairing oh, of okay. D um, yeah. is, the, is the big part in there, and normally that's a senior presence that – slows yep. things down and and and, and you know and they're it, pretty and they're pretty young out there right and you can see it you can see it in the results in the team the team had to change how they were going to play and then you know some of these players maybe they just weren't ready for that change and it it's it's trickled through and i'll i'll uh sorry oh alvin larsman has never been a defensive defense no, no. so and he's not that much of an offensive defense either sorry for chopping um, his name joel <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think it's a good opportunity for us to just slide into the next segment, which, uh, for this week, because Tom's here, uh, it's going to be called devilishly oily Habs, 
which, uh, oh God, we love playing with names. They're just so much fun. So, but what this, of course, means, it means Tom's going to go ahead first. His Tom's favorite team is the New Jersey Devils because, I don't know, he loves New Jersey. I originally was, I will admit this. I know this is going to be recorded and I will be admitted. I originally was a Habs fan. I went to my first game. I seen the Devils and Marty shut out the Habs and I switched that then and that night and threw all of my Habs stuff away. Good. We don't want you back. That's fine. I've seen my team win three cups. Oh, oh. Oh, and I'm not living in the past. Wow. Oh, you son of a. He's not wrong. Okay. All right. No, he's not. <laughs> son a of a bitch. That sucks. That just, it's mm-hmm. too bad. Oh. Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Tom, but that's okay. So, yeah, that's fine. Well, my devils, they came in in 82. We were the Mickey Mouse organization, according to Mr. Gretzky. <laughs> oh, yes. And we've won three cups 95, 2000, and 2003 in eight years. That's pretty much a dynasty, I would say. Close. It's up there. Well, the last dynasty to win three cups was New Jersey. Before that, was back to the Oilers days. Ah, the only two good teams worth mentioning in this segment. Okay. Actually, yeah. (laughs) And saying that, New Jersey is number in the top 10 of most cups. Oh, okay. But I would have to say that you guys haven't really been relevant of late we are we did the total rebuild yeah. we have nico hishar who's our captain lindy ruff is coaching the young guys tom gerald yeah, bringing all bringing in all the young guys we've got Jesper bratt leading the team in scoring jack hughes just signed a contract a little overpaid for 19 goals in your career but you know hey we gotta do that <laughs> so, yeah there's still hope still hope absolutely but no there's a great base there hishar jack hughes hamilton brought in Yes, Mackenzie Blackwood is there. He's a great goalie. He's not the greatest goalie in yeah. the history, but, you know, he's there. He will be. He will be. We'll get into that later. <laughs> we'll get into that later. That's because Brodeur is overrated. No, we're getting there. We're there now. Oh. We're there. I'm sorry. This is your devilishly moment. This is You're there now. Uh, all right. And Brodeur was overrated. All right. If we're going to do this now, then okay. <laughs> I was saving this for later. For when? This is the time. Marty? My, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit here. My beast was actually the co-host of one of these shows. Of this yeah. Or comparing <laughs> Blackwood and Broder. <laughs> Sorry, but Mackenzie Blackwood is 20, yeah. 24 years of age. He's got 116 games played. <laughs> Broder at 24 had 119 wins. He's got more wins in, since 24 than Blackwood does in his career played. Right. Two different teams, though. By the way. Berdur played with just, a b- much better team and better system than Blackwood <laughs> has been. Just going to put that out. Not in the first few years. That was a rough few years to start. Oh, we're going to have to do a deep dive then. Not right now. Sure. We'll do some more we looking. We can compare the old and the new, but I'm sorry. If you're comparing old and new, Ovechkin still putting up great numbers compared to 15 years ago. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Still, no, very I, true, I, I very still true. believe that the, uh, Blackwood is playing in front of a weaker team. Case in point, I mean, you guys, you guys have on your defense. You've got um, PK Sluban, I think, might call them. Um, Absolutely, like he's and he. I'm, I'm sorry, he's already injured three guys this year. Yeah, four were Slewfoots. The one was a play, I guess, a hockey play, if you uh, want to call it yeah. that. But this is a fifth one. I'm sorry, if Marshawn just got suspended, yep. PK should be getting the same 100%. thing. I don't get it. I don't get the. I don't get the the, the concept behind. Is it is like? Are they trying to protect PK? Like I don't understand why they're not running all over this. Um, I'm sure it will come out because they they just came out the other day that this is number five of the season and slew footing has been a huge crackdown in minor hockey, major hockey, OHL, 
mm-hmm. NHL now because of the concussions. So it's coming out that it's been a huge crackdown for the last two to three years. He was quoted too. PK was quoted too as, as at one point as saying like, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. It's just a, an aspect of my game that appeared and I need to work on it. That was more or less a rough quote of what he said, which sounds like saying, listen, I know I, know I keep shooting people, but I don't know where this gun keeps coming from. Like, what, dude, what are you talking about? It's you. You're in control. It's your hand. Nick. Knock it off. This, in this case, it's his foot. <laughs> and Nikolai Eagles the other day was sliding across the board looking at the referee going like, what do you want me to do? I'm already sliding across the board. I've been on Twitter several times this week and I've definitely made my... Uh, uh, my feelings known. This garbage has got to end with this guy, and it's nothing against like the Devils or like you know PK himself or whatever. It's just a case where, like you know, the second and third time that this guy does this, you're like, "What's going on here? Like, wh- why? Why is this guy not even being talked to by the league? Now, maybe there's something I don't know. Maybe he was talked to by the league, but obviously, if they he was. That didn't do anything because he's done it another two and three times after. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's got it's got to, it's got to be suspended. There's there's been more than one time where the league has shown, and this is no secret. Everybody knows this. The league has made some pretty stupid mistakes when it comes to certain punishments, but not even administering or waiting until there's more than five now at this point. That's a move I don't understand because that's a move you can avoid on your own. It, like mm-hmm. like whatever it is you decide to to throw the hammer down, whatever the number of games is, or whatever the suspension or the penalty ends up being or the punishment that's fine but waiting for five games i or uh, five instances that's what i don't understand and this one was blatant oh so, fuck for sure oh my god for sure so tom question for you then being a referee how many games do you honestly think this guy oh, should man. get like are, are we talking like without question five or is this a couple of couple couple of games two or three it'd be it'd be two or three um, I, if I remember correctly, I think he had a, a fine last year. So that counts as one, uh, one incurrence for him. Okay. So it would tack on this year with a suspension. I would think of probably two games, maybe three, same as Marshall roughly. Okay. Okay. The same as Marshall. Marshall's never been suspended. I, if I remember correctly, I think he's only ever been fined. Wow. That's, it's, it's that, that would be a weird thing to find out if you're right about that. That sounds wrong. <laughs> oh no, it goes for occurrences every, I think it gets erased every three years or something like that. Okay. Okay. Jeez. Okay. Oh, anyways, this whole slew footing thing. I don't know. I'd have to double, I'd have, just come out of nowhere. I, I'd have to, I'd have to double check that for sure. And Marty, I will admit we did have a way better GM back then. Yes. I'm sorry, but the master, the mastermind was <laughs> always. Obviously. If he wasn't, <laughs> if he wasn't cheating, he was trying. I'm sorry, you made, you made the same reference as me as Fedorov using him as a D man, but Lou had all these yeah. things around. Lou, actually, to see, be honest, we're still paying Ivlya Kovalchuk two hundred fifty thousand dollars for three years. That's a good point because too. of the penalty because we signed him that huge contract yeah. for seventeen years back in. I believe it was 2010. And that worked out really well for you guys. Yeah, he played three seasons <laughs> well, in the yeah. KHL. <laughs> Is he still playing? Plus the pick that they got take I think so. Oh, and the K, I think. Let's have a quick look here on the Google. I think he is. Because he went from New Jersey to the K, back to L.A., to Montreal, and I don't know where he is now. Okay, so Washington was in 1920. 2021, he played for Avant-Garde. And he is not, there's no stats for this year. Yeah, Montreal traded him to Washington, I think, to play with Ovi. Uh, yeah, and that, which, yeah. you know, high hopes for something like that, but that really didn't turn out. But Kovalchuk um, is a puck, he's not a puck hog, I want to say, but he's a puck possession guy. Yeah. 
So he skates through the ice. I mean, you can't really have two or three of those guys in the same team. So I, I can't see anything that suggests that he's still currently playing with anyone. Um, so him, yeah, Jaeger's still putting up though. Jaeger's still, uh, you know what? Impressive. You know what? Come to think, come to think of it, is Kovalchuk not on the management team for the Russian uh, Olympic uh, Olympic Federation? Maybe. I, I, I'm not sure. I know there's a whole bunch of old uh, Russian stars that are kind of leading the way for that uh, Olympic team in regards to management members. I'm not, just not sure if he's on it. Yeah. And yeah, and Marty for Jagger. Jagger has to keep playing because he, he owns the team. team. If he doesn't play, he doesn't make any money. Well, also he fears that the the team will fold, which because the team used to. I think it was his dad who owned the team before, and then he he, he yes. inherited it or or took over anyways. And um, so, yeah, I remember hearing recently that whole story about Jagger, why he's still playing. And a big part of it was because he knows that once he's done, that team's probably just going to have to fold. And it's like a it's a piece of him that he doesn't want to let go. So it was it was yeah. it was sincere and it was a nice moment. But I mean, dude, you, you, you can't literally play forever like the, <laughs> at some point you do actually have to stop. Not that you have to, but you will. You won't have a choice. But I, he's I think he's our age. I think he's 44. Uh, I want to 44. I feel like he might be older than that, but you might be right. He's 49. Yep, he's older. He's 49. Well, yeah, wow. So he's, yeah, That's he's pulling the he's pulling the Gordy Howe because Howe played in his year 50, did he not? And he was 50, yeah. yeah. But Jagger yeah. has a crazy workout so, routine. I remember reading something about him doing like that, he's in the pool for two hours and he's strict, strictly doing leg, leg exercises in the pool for hours upon yeah, hours. Yeah, he's. He's another specimen altogether for sure. And even and this year, I mean, he's not breaking. He was at one point, he actually he was doing extremely well. And there was a little bit of hype about him, but he settled down a little bit. He's got 18 points in 25 games, seven goals. So, I mean, he's still relevant. He's still helping to helping his his knights. But uh, maybe go to the senators. Hey, you know what? I, if anything, it would be to win them fans back. It would probably do something. You know, it would be fun to say like, "Hey, yeah, come play for the Sens, and you can do whatever the hell you want. You're the number one guy. Skate, never play defense. It's all good. Just do whatever you want." I got. He could be the GM and a player. He's like Reggie Dunlop. Oh, beauty! That's really good. That I like. That is beautiful. Good old Reg. <laughs> I do feel that that actually that's very necessary. In fact, I actually did a, a tweet today where I used the. The picture, uh, trade me right fucking now to, to, to talk about Travis Green. Because there was Daily Faceoff put up a picture of Green's, just Green's face. And it said, caption this. And like, I mean, he looked like he was done. So he looked like he was saying, trade me right fucking now. And, and then someone commented, now hang up. <laughs> well, before getting back into the Senators and, and uh, Canucks, why don't you go ahead and let us know about those Edmonton Oilers of yours, Mark? There, there's a part of, you know, it's the opposite of, the, of what's going on with your feelings for the Habs. Where your feelings for the Habs, it's like, okay, guys, you know, we're done talking about this team because this is a shitty season. I, <laughs> fe- I go in the opposite direction. I'm almost like, I, I'm not done talking about the Oilers, but I feel bad talking about them because... I mean, even in a bad week, they're still winning games. There's still there's still positives happening. But like you know, as a, as an example, in this week, the Oilers kept things quiet a little bit. This week, like they they had a loss to the Kraken, and but I, I think that was more of a case of running into a, a Seattle team that is starting to fill out. Like they're, they're starting to figure things out. They're they're getting their footing. This is a well balanced team. I still believe in the Seattle team as the way that they are built. So I think Edmonton just came in just bad timing and they decided to go with Skinner who's still Skinner is still trying to figure out his game too. So that was a bit of an up and down game for him and they ended up losing and 
It's not the it's not the end of the day. The first time the dry saddle and McDavid have both scored in the game and lost in I don't know how lost, long. Yeah. Uh shoot. I heard the stat too and I now I can't remember, but it doesn't matter. I mean it's you can't lose the thing is at the end of the day, if you're gonna be an elite team, you can't lose it. To, to teams that you're supposed to, to beat. At the end of the day, you've got to win these games. And it, but I'm okay with this kind of stuff happening now. I would be too. They're, they're not gonna they're not gonna miss the playoffs by one point. It's good it's for them because of this game. It is absolutely. Um, and Grubauer is good in his head. And Grub. And oh that's yeah, actually, he, you know what? Very yeah. much. Good call. And that's what I mean. They they came into a team that's that's starting to figure this out, getting confidence. Grubauer, I think, still hundred percent is the type of goalie that can win you games on on his head. And that's exactly the kind of thing that he just did against a very good team. And I think Seattle is, still has a lot of reason to be excited. So it's okay. I'm okay. Don't lose this game in you know in March, but lose it now so that when you creep up to the trade deadline. You've gotten enough of these moments where you can figure out where, you know, some of these players aren't owning up to what they're to what we had hoped for. Like when you when when Holland was trying to f- sort of figure all this team out and plug all those holes, that he went out and got some players specific for that, and I felt that he did a good job. But there's always a chance that you're wrong. So some of these players may not actually fit the way we had hoped. So between now and the trade deadline, this, these are the moments that you discover that. And maybe it's also a plan, not necessarily a player, where you want Skinner to be your, your go-to guy behind Koskinen, but maybe he ends up not. Maybe he proves that he's, he's not really comfortable there and he's not ready there. So you do end up rolling with Smith and Koskinen, or you do a trade where you go out and get somebody better as a backup for your stretch run. So I'm okay with this. This is learning. Am I wrong? Well, no, not at all. I mean, for me, it's keeping you honest. I mean... Let's 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 call exactly. it what it is. I mean, these guys are going in there; they're scoring at will. Basically, the power play is a ridiculous percentage. So, from from my point of view, at the very least, what it's doing is it just it kind of keeps them calm. You know what I mean? They know they're not this complete yeah. utter juggernaut that cannot be beaten whatsoever. Um, so it's it, it's just one of those things where that type of a game it was a good effort and like tom was saying grubauer stood on his head so it's it's not like edmonton went in there and stunk up the joint you you had a game you had a game where a few bounces went the other team's way hot goaltender before you know it it's a loss nothing nothing wrong with that you're not going to go 82 and 0 so i mean i think it's good for that club i really do no you're right and then on the back end of that too they did end up beating pittsburgh which i i know my 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 brother still is is staunch that you know pittsburgh is not a playoff team but the way that pittsburgh is playing tristan jerry especially too this is a very good team and if you can beat a very good team you know maybe not the top 10 in the league but they're they're a hard team to figure out on a nightly basis because they're it seems they've always got a chance to win that's been pittsburgh's mo the whole season long overcoming adversity and tristan jerry is a big reason for that i was gonna but say beating them was beating sorry go ahead Tom. i was gonna say it all pittsburgh always comes down to goaltending yeah at the end of the day, you got Tristan Jerry who could literally win you games, just like Gurbauer did. So it's kind of in a similar situation where you lost to Seattle, but you won against Pittsburgh. Those are two very similar teams. Obviously, Pittsburgh has the luxury of having a Sidney Crosby, who hasn't completely found his game yet. He's not completely stinking up the joints either. He's actually starting to turn things around. But at the end of the day, you 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 beat one team that is similar to the team that you lost. So it was a bounce back, and that was nice to see. Um, and the other thing nice to see is uh, Bouchard's 
doing pretty good. Um, I'm starting to get a lot more, uh, even more faith in, in what he can do on the defensive end and the offensive end. He's, he had himself a nice, healthy week. And Chris Russell uh, set the record for the most blocked shots with 2003. That was a cool stat I didn't see coming. Um, that's a lot. If you think about that, 2003's blocked shots? Ouch, man. Like, and he's not done. His career isn't over. That is a lot. A way to stand in front of those that's things. a ton. Um, and just to sort of cl- uh, finish up the Oilers, their, uh, their overall numbers took a bit of a dip, though, with all of us said. The power play is still number one, but no longer flirting with 40%. You're, you're, you're sliding in the wrong direction, along with all the other numbers as well. They're, everything seems to be kind of dropping. Is this really the team where they'll sort of level off to where they are now? Is there more of a drop? God, I hope not, but... Uh... But yeah, that's it. That's it for the Oilers, I think. Unless anybody... I think with a long season, it's just a little bit of a small swoon for them, really. Yeah, hopefully. I don't think it's anything to really get too worked up about. I mean, just a, a little bit of a dip for that team. I mean, the way they were going, and you can't sustain not, that yeah. like for an 82-game pace. I mean, there they were some kind of ridiculous numbers, especially yes. with the power play. And, yeah. But but I mean, I, I do like the way the team's rounding out, and I actually am pretty happy that you touched on Bouchard. Um if I'm not mistaken, he's a fairly big boy too. Is he not like six two, six three, or something like that? Six uh, two hundred. So I mean, the, the the one thing I like about that is he's got a little bit of size. I mean, I, I don't watch enough Edmonton Oilers games to know if he uses. You're that missing size. out. It's exciting. Uh, a, a, a fair a, a fair bit, but I mean, just the fact that they have a defenseman that can you know start to push things around a little bit back there, I think that's something that you guys are have been have been needing and. You know, it's probably a, a key part of that defense at this particular moment. Well, a big reason why he had a big push was because Nurse was also injured. Nurse is back now, so we might very see, true, very might true. See a little leveling off. But... I've actually had Bouchard in my farm system for two oh, years nice. because I, I, I figured Bouchard was going to take over from Barry. And I'm sorry, yes. they should have let Barry uh, walk, yeah. and Bouchard would have completely taken over Barry. Look and there's a cap space to get wherever you needed. And I've said that since day one. Bouchard is a stud that you're not even going to know. That's a good call on that. That is a smart move. Maybe maybe they could do that this year even and just try to find something. Because you could still get something for Barry. I did that two years ago where I said not even – they shouldn't even – I'm like, Ken Hollis smart enough. He will, he'll let Barry go and let Bouchard step right in. And, yeah, Barry's you know. just been a huge disappointment since he left Colorado. But I think Barry actually was the signing to replace Clefbaum when he went down, right? Because Clefbaum, you lost. Oh, that's right, Clefbaum. Yes. So, so if Klepov was yep. healthy, I think Barry would have walked and Bouchard would have yep. been your number one, number one, number two guy. Oh, so you would have had Bouchard as yeah. your quarterbacks. Yeah. Sounds like that would have made a little bit more sense. You have to wonder with his play over the last little while if that, you know what I mean? Not like they didn't know already what they had in Edmonton, but you got to wonder if, okay, he's gotten a little bit more responsibility. So does this kind of start the, the, the turning of the tide, if you will, in regards to maybe like Tom's saying, are they going to kind of slowly move away from Barry here, knowing and we talked about this on on uh, pr- uh, past episodes, Marty. I think we've seen what you know what we've seen out of uh, Barry. I think you know his his best days from his Colorado days are over. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think anybody who's hoping for a resurgence to that it could could potentially be highly disappointed. I'm just gonna say one more thing about the early Habs. I want to give a shout out to Slater Cuckoo because he's a little local kid. There you go. Thank you. I no, I'm happy you mentioned that. Yeah, I you had texted me. I think at one point you'd said that, and I yeah. I didn't know he was from Winchester. He, he yeah. really grew up right down the street from where we were, I'm recording this show right now. So Slater Cuckoo, yeah. I'm first of all I'm sorry for butchering your name as I, I usually do, no, but also uh, for not realizing I did at the time. At the time, I oh, got okay, it right okay, now. okay, okay. Yeah. 
but um but yeah i but yeah also for not knowing that he's from uh, just down the street here right like i i live in uh i live in chrysler which is just down the street basically from winchester i was in winchester uh yesterday i we go i love winchester it's a cute little town um so <laughs> we've <laughs> we've got we've got 40 seconds mike you want to go <laughs> you want to talk about the apps <laughs> been rough boys Thanks, everybody. No, listen, listen. I'll go. I'll rifle. I'll rifle through it really quickly here. Okay. So obviously, another rough week for the Habs. They dropped a two-one decision. I think Tom's got something to say too. But you go ahead, Mike. (laughs) I think they dropped a two-one decision to uh, the Canucks uh, before showing absolutely no life at all against a Colorado team that was on the second half of a back-to-back. Listen, I'm not expecting a win out of that game, to be very honest with you. Colorado's a yep. strong team, but you got to come out better at the beginning of that game. you got to at least blitz them a little bit. Um, in regards to the uh, the press, I was pretty uh, – I was Im- impressed with uh, Jeff Gorton in the way that he uh, – Me too. At the very least, it was you, – you guys can agree with me. At the very least, there was kind of a positive feel to it. Whether that's the honeymoon phase or not, you can – Go with that if you wish, but it was a good yeah. start to two things for his uh, for his uh, era uh, of running our club. Um, a couple other things that I'll mention: um, their record, of course, is is horrible as usual. Six seventeen three fifteen points. Their power play is horrible at thirteen point six. Penalty killing seventy one point three. Both in the in the bottom five uh, of the league. Um, in regards to some of the guys that they're looking for in, in a, in a uh, for a replacement for a GM, uh, some very interesting names. Uh, Patrick Roy has obviously put his name out there. Uh, a couple that I thought were quite interesting were Danny Briere, who's out in uh, Philadelphia with their management team, and uh, also Matthew uh, Darsh down in uh, Tampa Bay, who is working with uh, their management team too. Uh, the only other little thing I'll say about the uh, the GM search is uh, Gorton was. Uh, he mentioned a couple of times that he's looking for somebody outside the box, and uh, apparently there's some agents that seem to be of interest to this uh, particular job. So it, it'll really be fun to see which way they decide to go and uh, see what kind of dynamic uh, Gorton is looking for in regards to uh, to his uh, running mate or uh, GM. And uh, the last thing that I will say about Montreal, and it kind of has a little bit of a uh, taste of Ottawa as well, uh, Montreal picking up Kyle Clegg off of waivers from Los Angeles, I thought was actually a nice move. Um, and I abs- and I absolutely do not have any idea why Ottawa did not pick him up. As Ottawa, I believe, is in a better waiver wire position than Montreal was and had every right to go after him, but uh, decided not to. And that's it for my Habs. Go ahead, Tom. I- <laughs> Tom, you look like you're just chomping at the bit here. Yeah, no, I, got a, I just got a question. As a Habs fan, Mike, do you think... Jeff Gordon is going to be the president because he's not a French speaking GM. Is there going to have somebody that's going to be, are they going to be like a co general manager? If you want my, uh, I've thought from the get go. And if this is the case, I actually like the move. I think they're putting Gordon in that position because they actually want him to be the general manager, but they know full well that he can't come in there and not speak a lick of French. If you want my honest opinion, the kid coming in who's going to be the GM is going to be an in-the-middle-between guy. And I I don't necessarily think... Now, does Gorton want to... I guess what I'm trying to say here, is there going to potentially be a succession plan 
moving forward with the person that they're going to pick. Let's just say for argument's sake, they go out and, uh, and hire a Matthew Darsh in, uh, in Tampa Bay. He's got ties to the club. He played for Montreal uh, in years past. No experience whatsoever in regards to a GM's position, which would make that dynamic. I wouldn't be against that dynamic at all. Uh, I actually don't mind it whatsoever. But if this is the move that they're making kind of in the background, I actually think it's a really great move because, um, and it's kind of funny that you're talking about this, Tom, because uh, if you guys remember um, PJ Stock, uh, he's a guy that's, uh, you know, in, in all reality can be somewhat annoying sometimes, but he, he, he did mention, he did, uh, mention a couple things on Twitter and listen, as a Habs fan, I know how important it is to have somebody who can speak the lang- French language as a general manager or the person that is going to be communicating with your fan base. But being a fan of that team it's always something that I've never liked because you are automatically shortening your bench in regards to what type of candidates you're bringing into there. So alluding back to what you mentioned, Tom, if what they're doing is bringing Gorton in as a general manager who is an executive VP, but he's really going to be calling the shots, I actually don't mind that move at all. I really, really don't. Because even as a Habs fan, as a bilingual individual, and understanding how important it is to have that, again, whether it's the GM, executive vice president, you have to have somebody who's communicating with that fan base in French. And if this is their sly little move to make that happen, I'm all for it. Yeah. I just feel bad for the puppet. Uh, to, you, to, to a certain extent. But let's just say that it is one of these guys who... Let's say it's an agent or one of these kids, Briere, Matthew Darsh, who have absolutely no experience. Now you can now now you can you can sell that to the fan base at well, you you won't be selling anything. You don't want to you don't want to necessarily say that outright. But if that's what they're going to do, and they have in the background they have a succession plan where Darsh or Briere or whoever's coming in will potentially take over that position after having two and three and four years potentially under this management structure, I think that that can potentially work for you down the road as well. It's like you're bringing a kid up from the minors, right? And he kind of comes up, plays a little bit, sticks around, does well, learns the league, gets better year two, year three, just as a GM can kind of come in and do the same thing. I actually don't mind the move if that is kind of what they're doing, Tom. Have they said how long they've signed, uh, Oh my God! What's his name? Why am I drawing a blank on the, G- on the president's name right now? Um, uh, Jeff Gordon. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what? I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I thought I heard. I thought I heard something like a three year, but I could be off on that. That sounds great. I think that's what I heard is three years. That could. That could just. Oh be- no, no no! Well, it says here long term. Could be a five. And with saying it's Jeff Gordon, or uh, I just can't see Gordon and Patrick Wah would be button heads. There's no way that would ever work. Never. Absolutely. And, and and that's what and that's why I mentioned I didn't want to have anything to do with Patrick Waugh. I love the guy. I mean, you know, he made he made his call and he, he shot his shot whenever he leaned over to Ronald Corey and told him I'm done. Like whatever, that's that's fine. You can make your moves, but he's too much of a hothead for me. It's got to be a minor guy. Yeah, and if and if he go if he leaves Colorado for the reasons that he did, what makes anyone and or their dog 
think that he's going to come in there and he's just going to fit right into that position. It's not happening. The guy wants to have all the control in the world. And and that's fine. I, I get it. He feels more comfortable that way. But that's not what's happening in Montreal at the current moment. No, because he would have to own the team. That's the only way he can do it in junior hockey because he owns the team. And there's no way he would yeah. own, a, own, a, um, own an NHL team. Unlike Mario, who just sold his Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Oh, did he? Did it go through? Yes, it has gone through. Yeah. Oh, man. That Fenway corporation group. is a good, yeah, they own some. The value yeah, of that club, good. they say, is $900 million, and he purchased it because they owed him $68 million. So it was either I paid $100 yeah. million for it or I lose $68 million. So he paid $100 million. And they went after MLSC, too. That would have been even bigger, yeah. They went after um, Well, that would have been retarded. That's F- FYI, Gordon, it's uh, so Sportsnet, there's an article here. Uh, Jeff Gordon's patience will serve him in process of revamping Canadians. It is a five-year contract. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, you got to think. Bring somebody in new, so you can go mold. You got to think that uh, there's a succession plan there. I would imagine if it's yeah. a five-year deal. But we'll see. We'll see how it all. I plays mean, out. at the end of the day, it's, it can't get any worse. Is so, Mol- oh my God, no, no. <laughs> Mike is Jeff Molson bilingual? I I don't believe he is because he didn't speak French. He didn't speak any French at all. Uh, during his press conference, if I'm not mistaken. That's why I'm saying like the owner doesn't have to be French. I don't, yes, I get it, but I know it's Montreal, but no, I, 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 I personally oh. don't, I'm not a big fan of like, well, if you're going to coach or GM in Montreal, then you got to be able to speak French. I, I don't know. I don't like that. Yeah. Me neither. Percent of your, five, 66% of your people. And it's, it's putting a, a value on a, on the way to run a hockey club kind of in a different place. It's suggesting that only people who can speak French can run the Montreal Canadiens, and that's not the case. That's not true. Yep. Um, so why don't we uh, why don't we end the segment now, uh, or not end the segment, but just move on to the last one, uh, Beauties and the Beast. Um, and uh, I can't remember if we let Joel go first, but uh, regardless, I think I think I'm going to let Tom go first with this one. Is that all right, Mike? Or absolutely, yeah, yeah, for sure. So you go ahead, Tom. Tell us who you got for Beauties and Beasts. All right, my beast. I'm going to do a Demon's Beast here. Um, Victor Hedman, who is currently still playing. Uh, he has four games this week, nine points as a defenseman. Sorry, you said Beast. This is a beauty. Yeah, th- yeah this is a beauty. Oh, sorry, beauty. Yeah. Sorry. My three beasts. Sorry. My Way three to confuse our listeners, all... Tom. <laughs> yes, I know. They're all they're all demons related anyways, because okay. that's the, my team. Right. So Hedman, who has nine points in four Very games. Nice. I have Eklad, who has eight points in three games. Oh, jeez. And Samuel Reinhardt went into his former club, put money on the wall, and puts up a hat trick. Oh, wow. nice, boss. I didn't see that. I didn't. Really? So he had a four-point game in Buffalo. Or maybe, no, sorry, it wasn't a hat trick. It was two and two. And two oh, or, okay. But he put so. up money on, I'm sure they put up money on the board because that's his former club. Yeah, and sure. to put up a four spot against your former club, oh, got to yeah. feel great. Not bad. Not bad, buddy. That's uh, that yeah. that hits home, and that's nice. Holy jeez, he did have quite the week. Holy shit! I'm sorry, I'm looking at his stats right now. That's amazing. Yeah, I had Hedman with nine, Ekman with eight, Ekla, uh, Reinhardt with six, and uh, McKinnon with another eight. So not a bad week, Biden. Sorry, McKinnon with six. I don't want to <laughs> over exaggerate. And I want to say my beast. Well, my beast was one of the co-hosts. Yeah. We've already discussed. <laughs> I am a beast. I made it to the list. I'm happy. About yes, <laughs> yes. And I had PK Slewfoot uh, as my other beast, but we've already discussed yeah. that too. So. Yeah, he is. That's he's a garbage guy. He's got to smarten up. And I'm sorry, but that bullshit excuse. Oh, it snuck into my game. I don't know how. Like, shut up. Yeah, up you know it. damn well how it's gotten in your game, son. Like, fuck, man. It, it's 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 like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Oh, no, but you're, you're an adult. You're not a I child. I kept adding like, beast because on. I knew we'd get through them all. Doing. So, yeah. 
I, I had Jeff featured, but you guys oh, yeah. have already discussed him, so he's gone. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm we went through for, him pretty good. <laughs> I'm all for beating on the Habs, but I mean, I, this Marty, is, I got to be available if you need one. Wound. Poor Petrie. Jeff Petrie. Jeff I Petrie. do. Who? Who's available? Oh, for God's sake. Petrie. No, no, he's, no, no. Hey, he's I been top five scoring the last five years in a row. Yeah, and it ended last year. That's it. No more. That's the Marty's last got an old team. He fixed right in with the old team. <laughs> if, if, oh, if only nice. this was a real thing, like a real team, then maybe <laughs> I would bring him in and give him a new environment. But unfortunately, he's still going to be playing for the Canadians if I take him on. So that does, nothing changes there. So no. All right. Shit D on a shit team ain't happening. All right. Well, Thanks, guys. Well, listen. Uh, I'll... I'll uh, I'll cut the tension between Marty and Tom here, guys, and I'll get my uh, my beauties on the go. Let's start off with uh, Capo Caco, 6'3", 205. Kid's 20 years old. He's played 17 games, three goals, uh, five assists for eight points. Wow. That's not showing a lot in, in regards to point production, but the nice thing about this kid, uh, I've been keeping an eye on him, He's shown a lot of defensive responsibility for uh, Gerard Gallant. And the reason I'm mentioning that is it has given him the runway that he needs to start to find his offensive game. Uh, the kid's got eight points in the last eight games. Uh, obviously sitting on Panarin and Strom's line, which never hurts. Uh, but he is starting to so show some of those flashes that made him a second overall pick. Uh, Tom, you'll love this one. Mr. Jesper Bratt, 5'10", 175. He's 23 years old. In 21 games played, he's got 18 points, 6 goals, 12 assists. And actually, he's not playing too, too bad in regards to uh, uh, time on ice. He's got a little over 16 minutes, so definitely somebody that you might want to take a look at. I always like to mention the uh, Daily Fantasies. That's someone that you might want to take a peek at for sure. Um, 12 points in the last 10 games, which is kind of nice. And he's also not getting the attention that the Heeshear Hughes line is getting, so... You might be able to take advantage of him and or uh, Dawson Mercer, who's playing on his line as well. Uh, my last beauty is Dylan Larkin, 6'1", 198. He's 25 years old. He's got 21 points in 20 games played, uh, plus six, and he's 18, 26 time on ice. I think we can all agree that we love the situation that this guy's in with uh, Lucas Raymond on uh, one of his wings. Uh, definitely taking advantage of that for sure. And one thing for me personally that I've always loved with this kid, and it's kind of a little bit away from the on-the-ice stuff, this kid's from Michigan. This is his hometown team. The guy's the captain of the team now, and he's got Stevie Eiserman looking over him and kind of, you know, directing him on where he needs to go. He's got a guy that he can bounce things off of. So, yeah, you know what, Marty, you're basically saying it perfectly. I mean, he, how can this kid be in a better mm -hmm. spot? And you just know that he has a lot of pride, right? So you know he's going to come in and he's going to play uh, as well as he possibly can every night. Um, the one thing I will say about uh, that I will leave with you guys in regards to uh, Dylan Larkin, are we looking at somebody for the U.S. Olympic team? Or is he a bubble guy? Now, I'll, I'll leave that with you, and I'll just rifle through my, uh, my beast. And this week, it is Tori Krug. That may surprise a few people, as he is sitting with 10 points in 18 games. But Marty, you and I have talked about um, this type of a guy on uh, past episodes. Doesn't have the worst stats, right? But when you're looking at a guy like this, you know, definitely serviceable in fantasy, can plug and play, especially in daily fantasy. Um, but he is a guy that leaves you wanting more, especially with the situation that he's in. First pairing, power play one, 
Uh, and he's on uh, the second uh, best ranked power play in the league with St. Louis. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised to see that. The other little thing that might worry me a little bit, and I believe I mentioned him in the episode that uh, Joel was on, is uh, Scott Perunovic. He's a kid that came up from the AHL. He was leading the AHL in scoring as a defenseman. And he's come in and played some uh, decent minutes anyway. I believe he's right around that kind of 16 and a half to 17 minute mark. So he's starting to kind of, he's got five points and I believe something like 11 or 12 games. So he's starting to chip away a little bit. Maybe something to keep an eye on. Um, I know that Cruz got zero points in his last five games. Uh, So that's somebody that you may want to maybe take a look at moving out or uh, making uh, putting into a deal, uh, packaging them up and seeing, (laughs) send them back to the brigands. Yeah. See, now the thing is, I think hold tight with Krug. That'd be my advice. If you can, if you can wait on it, because at the end of the day, St. Louis is just, they've hit a, they've hit a bump. Um, Cause I'm about to talk about someone else from the St. Louis blues. Cause I I think they, they've just hit a a rough patch right now and, and it's, it's hit all of them. No one's, and I think they're in the top five in scoring as well. They are. That's the thing. Like they're they're a well balanced team where they can afford their their higher paid players to sort of go on these cold streaks because they can still win games even though that's happening. Um, that being said, they went out and got Krug for a reason. Uh, gave him a nice contract. It, this is not the reason. <laughs> like you, don't, this can't last for. This can't last too much longer. No, God, no. Krug was re- replaced Peter Angelo. Peter Tang- yeah, sorry, yeah. And Peter D'Angelo actually isn't flying out of the gates either. Um, so, you know, no real loss there if you're looking at, well, what would we have had had we not done, the, uh, done that shift or that, that transition? But I think at the end of the day, Krug was going to be fine. I think he's too, he's too skilled and the team around him is too skilled to, to keep going down this direction. I think it, it was just a, a blip. It, every team's got to go through it. Um, you know, it, it, all the great teams are going to have it. Like you said earlier, Mike, too, you, you're never going to go 82 and... <clears throat> 82 and 0 and that means those games you lose your your best players didn't perform and that's just what's happening and I think they'll be fine. Yeah, you can always go 0 and 82. Uh, <laughs> that's eesh. What is the worst record ever in the NHL? I think it's got to be held by the Habs. Oh, no. I think it's the Capitals. <laughs> I think it's actually the Washington Capitals but I'm not I don't know the uh, the record though. 11 and something? It would be expand it would be an expansion team, yes. Uh, well, somebody you know had what? eight wins or something, eight or 11. Wins. I got to wonder if it's the Caps. I got to wonder if it's no, the Capitals. I thought it was. Boy, it's it Buffalo lo- was flirting with it a couple years ago. It, it lo- okay. So we're, who is this champs or chumps.us? Okay. I, I've never been to this website before. Washington Capitals, 1975. <laughs> oh my God. Eight, 67 and five. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What year was that, Marty? Yikes. 1975. So the that next... was their expansion year. Oh, potentially. That's a good point. It was. No, it was their expansion was? year because okay. they came in the same year as the Rockies, I think, 75, 76. There you go. So, and right behind the Washington Capitals, Philadelphia Quakers, uh, 1931, 436 and 4. But, Free Flyers. Uh, if you like somewhat recent, San Jose and Ottawa Senators, both in 1993 at 1171 and two and 1070 and four. God, those are some horrible numbers. That's rough, man. Uh, yeah, it is rough. <laughs> Anyways, that was a nice little saying that though in expansion, you got to remember when the, like your Oilers came in, they were already a full organization in WHA, right? That's right. So a w- lot exactly. of those teams got eliminated. That's right. Yeah, the whole W. If fans out there, if you're just getting into hockey and you're not aware of something. 
Google WHA. Have some fun down there. There's a lot of uh, lot of interesting stuff that happened in WHA. That was a great league, man. A lot of great players in that league. Bobby Hall played in that league, like you mentioned, Gretzky. Like These were some strong teams out there. Uh, Howe played in the WHA. Really, some great logos, too, yes. man. Yes. Some great logos, too. Some of the too. best, if not the best, were in the WHA. So, oh, man. Yeah, seriously. Um, all right. So, Beauties and the Beast from uh, Mr. Marty, and uh, we'll close it out. So, uh, coming to one here, Austin Matthews. I think he's, you know, not. I, he didn't. He wasn't in the uh, preseason at all, right? Like he didn't. He didn't get around to preseason. So I think we're starting to see what would have happened had he gone into the preseason. What would have happened for the Toronto Rat of the Gates when he plays better? The whole team plays better. I think this team is not one dimensional. I don't think it's just all on Austin Matthews. But I think you can see that once he starts going, this team is going, and this team is starting to click really well. There, uh, Campbell is impressive uh this team as a whole it's starting to get really impressive but matthews himself um he had five goals in his last three games uh toronto again like i said as a holder just firing on all cylinders so they're gretzky said it also this week too uh toronto and edmonton they're teams that have that extra sort of an intangible they have something about them I don't know if Gretzky's maybe just pandering to the Toronto market a little bit there by saying that, but maybe he's onto something. Maybe maybe this is finally the year for Toronto because they do see <laughs> they do seem to be playing a lot better right now. As long as you don't hurt your own players in practice. Oh, did that happen? <gasps> no. Oh, right, Marner. That's how Marner and uh, Musin. Oh, that's right. And Musin. Musin. Sorry, yeah. There I go. Butchering another name. Yay. <laughs> he's missed the last two games. Ah, see, yeah, yep. and they got they they went at each other a little bit too. Not happy. Martin was not happy bit. about that, and uh, I can't really blame him. So, um, another Toronto uh, player here, maybe would take advantage of the of a situation. Michael Bunting, and I, I was going to talk about him at the first episode ever, and I chose not to. And I think I just I had a little blip in there where I saw him play with Spezza, and it was nice. There was some good chemistry there, and it looked exciting. But Bunting has really turned it around in the last three games. He got five points last three games. Um, He's actually he's he's on the second power play with Spezza again, something that I that I like to see. But I feel that they've also moved him up. Hold on, to bring this up, Toronto, um, on even strength. I think he's on the top line. He is top line with Matthews and Marner. Um, so obviously, you know, you get paired with Matthews and Marner, you you should get a couple of points, obviously. But I just there's there is something about his game that I really like to see, and he seems like the kind of player that that would that does very well with confidence. So you give him some confidence, he'll run with it. He'll do good for you. So if the coaches show confidence in him, then he'll uh, he'll produce for you. Um, one so that another my last beauty and uh, Tom. This is I don't know I don't know if it's because you came on the show, but um, Andreas Johansson. So it's the other half of that line uh, with Jesper Bratt. Um, and I think he's – so, yeah, the alignment with, with Bratt, I think that's helping out because Bratt's playing really well. So the three of them together are playing really well. Um, but as a whole, you know, everyone was talking about Hughes coming back. But it sort of seems like everyone's not thinking about this second power play because that's where – and the second line. Like, this is, this is a strong – this is a str- this is something to contend with in New Jersey where you can't just sort of dismiss them. Uh, Johansson, Mercer, and Brat are a very good even strength, but the second power play with Johansson, Tatar, Brat, Mercer, and and Severson, that, like that, that you can't discount that. Like I almost consider them to be stronger of the two right now because I, I think you have to try and give Hughes as much ice time as possible and, and keep putting him out there and just so that he can. 
I don't know, I guess prove his value at this point. Maybe you, you got ahead of that contract a little bit. You got to give him those chances, so I get that. But I think it's the second power play unit and the second even strength that's really pushing this team. And I honestly expected it to be more on the shoulders of Sharon Govich because the way he played last year at the end, especially, he was your go-to guy. Like, he just kept things moving, kept things chugging. But he's on the third and he's uh, on the third even strength and he's not even on the power play. So maybe it's Johansson and Brad. Maybe that's really the where your your secret missing ingredient is coming from. So uh, I, I, anyways. If I can just add a little something yeah. here real quick, Marty. In regards to um, Jack Hughes, I just wanted to kind of get Tom's viewpoint a little bit. I mean, it isn't, it's kind of one of these funny contracts, right? I mean, right off the bat, whenever you hear it's eight times eight, you're like, geez, that's a little bit of... That's a little bit of money for a guy who I think Tom was mentioning something and uh, would it 19 goals or whatever, or whatever it was anyway. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time though, you can kind of see where two or three years down the road, whenever the, uh, um, um, the cap goes up that this is actually going to be, to me, I think it's a, it's a, going to be a good deal for them. I mean, you're getting a guy at 8 million and if he, becomes what everybody really does feel like he sh- he's going to become that that'll be a that'll be a good deal it'll be a good uh a good amount for for, for that player anyway uh, tom what do you think about that he, it'll be a good deal as long as he's healthy because he's an undersized guy he's not a big guy but he goes in the corners harder than most and he's already had two shoulder injuries in his first three years of this uh, nhl good because he's so small going into the corners to fight well that's true too i mean as long as he can kind of keep out of the uh, out of the infirmary, he should be all right. Because I mean, eight eight times eight, a lot of money. But in today's NHL, with some of the guys that are making you know upwards of nine, nine and a half, and you know your Marners and Matthews up there with the uh, the amount they're making, it seems oh, it yeah. seems like I I I really do feel like at the end of the day, it's going to be a, a good deal for them. Uh, I hope that he I hope yes. that he is getting uh, all of those injuries kind of out of the way earlier in his career if you will or is he laying the foundation for other problems down the road because when you get older the bones (laughs) don't heal as well right so and if you've already got injury on top of injury by the time you get to that you know what's supposed to be your peak those injuries have caught up to you and you know you're looking at other issues he's a very conditioned guy a lot of these young guys are very conditioned remember the older guys didn't get hurt as much because they had a little bit of fat on them these young guys don't have any fat on them. They don't drink anymore. That's a good point. They're not smoking on the benches anymore. Like we need to bring, we, we need to bring back some seventies uh, style uh, hockey, maybe just to save these guys' careers. <laughs> Go get yourself a keg or something, there, Jack. <laughs> the secrets in the beer. <laughs> not old enough to buy it yet. <laughs> oh man, I could make six million dollars, but I can't buy beer. Oh, oh well. Pay me. It's a bit tough. Jesper, I'm, oh, well, sorry, not Jesper, but Jack, I'm just putting this out there. If you need someone to go buy you some booze, I'm available. Million bucks. You've got it. <laughs> oh, take a little I'll, chunk out of that, eh? Man, I'll just take a thousand. I don't care what it is. I'll buy you a beer. Actually, Tom, you were the first one to buy me beer. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> we were going to a bonfire, and I was going with, uh, with a buddy of mine, Eric, and uh, we, this is the first time, I swear to God, Tom, you're going to get in trouble, but you actually, you bought me a case of 2-4 and left <laughs> it in the park, and Eric and I went to the park to fish it out of the snow, got to the party, discovered that half of them had blown up because they had frozen over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beauty. That's a great memory. Were they really frozen or were they gone? No, they were frozen, completely frozen. Like just exploded out the top, and it like because we got to it late. We were supposed to get there a certain time, but we ended up getting there pretty late. So it wasn't on you. Sure, it wasn't snow inside, and we 
Oh, <laughs> Topped them off? No, they broke. There was glass everywhere. It was nasty. <laughs> well, we managed to salvage a few of them. It was a good memory, though. It was a good memory. Yeah, yeah. Same, same thing goes for the memories, but went to St. Isidore. That's a different show, though. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to end it with my beast, Vladimir Tarasenko, who's on my team. And he's, again, St. Louis has hit a, a rough spot, and that's why I'm putting him out there. Honestly, there's a couple of St. Louis players we could have put on this list, but Tarasenko is one of them. Um, he's taken quite the nosedive, the nosedive as of late, uh, and the team around him, like I said. So, But he just he seems to have taken a few steps back, and in the last five games, he's only got three assists, eight shots on goals. Like He's not even shooting the puck, uh, and he's at a flat even, so I guess that's okay. He's not necessarily letting in as many as he's not scoring, but he's just not scoring. Nothing's happening, so he's very lackluster at the moment, and for someone who's potentially still looking to move, Finding a rut right now is it's, it's not a good. Just never a rut is never a good thing. But this might be hurting for exactly that. If he's still looking to move, we don't want to see this kind of stuff. So this needs to end soon for him if he wants a chance at, at still getting out of St. Louis. Or do you guys know? Like, is he has he sort of settled in and he and he's happy now? Or somebody said he made peace and he's happy being there. But he could still be moved if he needs to be. But he's happier with yeah. what he was there doing now. Well, my piece isn't exactly sound like someone who's not open to still moving. So he is open to still moving. He's going to have to turn his game around. And he, he's done this a couple of times in his career, but he's not really known for that. He's, he's more known for being consistent and that kind of thing. So you got to wonder if, if would he talk about his injury if it happens to come up again, or would he hold that back? Would he try and play through it? Is he like, what is he doing here? I'm not really sure. Is this really just a rut though? Because St. Louis, like I said uh, a couple of times already, they've just hit a rut and they'll break out of it and he'll be fine. I, I, but he's not, I'm not dressing him, though. I'm taking a break from him for a little while. I've had enough. Uh, big fat goose egg this week, like where I'm really relying on someone like Tarasenko. I sat him when I could have had Pavelski, who came out with five points this week, and Mike and I would be tied. Mike, you got another point. Or, uh, Marty, you got another point. <gasps> See, I'd be in the lead now. Oh, Carlson got a goal. That's two points. Yeah, oh. so I'm only... Sam go Brigands. the problem. Now. Yeah, let's go Brigands. Go Pond hey, Relax, relax, boys. Oh, five <laughs> goals for Columbus. None of no points for Borksand. He really uh, goose egg for you too this week there, Mike. Yeah, he's he's had a little bit of a skid there lately. Yeah, he has. Marty, I'm saying the Mark. same for you though. Stamkos, they've got five goals and you only got one assist out of Stammer. Yeah, that's that's not okay either. I don't like that. And Tom, you just you just hit the 50 mark, Tom. Yeah, I know. I've seen that. Congratulations. That's, Very uh, happy that's for my you, defense. <laughs> that's your D? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Good for you. All right. Well, that's it. That's episode what is this, six, it. seven. This is seven. This is six. Uh, what is this? Numero six. Numero six. Oh, I, we need a catch rate to, to, to get out of six. What do we do? What happens? Six? What rhymes with six? Sticks? Sticks? We've hit the sticks on six? <laughs> Sure, man. Oh man, works for oh, me. We're gonna have to put an end to this little. The sticks are tradition. burnt on episode yeah. six. The sticks are burnt. Oh, okay, episode six. Okay, all right. On the ice. Uh, no, that doesn't work. Okay, wow. Well, no, nope, that doesn't work. <laughs> you know what? We'll get back to you, folks, and we'll be better. <laughs> we're gonna have to try harder. Maybe we think of this ahead of time next time. <laughs> We've got all week. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I kind of I kind of like doing it at the end here on the spot. I like okay. seeing what we come up with oh, okay. on the spot. Yeah, why not, well, this, buddy? This one just didn't work out then. But although, all right, no, sticks are burnt work. on six, or um, the sticks 
We hit the sticks on six. I don't know. Neither of those are you good. You know what, though? We, we're sorry. It all works out because Tom was a guest this week. So it all works out. I'll just bl- we'll blame Tom. It didn't sound very good this week because Tom's uh, or, on the show. Oh, okay. I do want to thank okay, his then. guys. We can do that I too. do want to thank is every time you talk about one of my guys slumping a little bit, they just come on and I'm like, thanks, guys. There you go. See, we're here you for know, the people. You know what, Tom? I will personally go over your whole team next week and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Mike, you talked about Shifu last week. He had a four point week. I'm like, thanks, bud. That's true. You're welcome. Right. You're welcome. Yeah. Check better be in the mail. Yeah, better. Three uh, percent. That's what you get. You get three percent of the winnings. Sure. Twenty point week for my D. I'll just say thank you. Hey, well, Tom, thanks a lot for coming on, buddy. It's been fun, boy. Yeah. And thanks for listening. And honestly, looking forward to this. Won't be the last time you'll come back on. I'm sure. I hope. Anyway. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, bud. <laughs> Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash Or you can follow us on Twitter where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.